Chapter 46 of the History of Burke and Hare and of the Resurrectionist Times. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The History of Burke and Hare is by George McGregor. Chapter 46 Appendix confession of bishop and williams the london burkers the following are the confessions of bishop and williams the london burkers an account of whose case is given in chapter forty one they were emitted in presence of the under-sheriff on the fourth of december eighteen thirty one the day before their execution Quote, i john bishop do hereby declare and confess that the boy supposed to be the italian boy was a lincolnshire boy i and williams took him to my house about half-past ten o'clock on the thursday night the third of november from the bell in smithfield he walked home with us williams promised to give him some work williams went with him from the bell to the old bailey watering-house whilst i went to the fortune of war williams came from the old bailey watering-house to the fortune of war for me leaving the boy standing at the corner of the court by the watering-house at the old bailey i went directly with williams to the boy and we walked then all three to nova scotia gardens taking a pint of stout at a public-house near holloway lane shoreditch on our way of which we gave the boy a part we only stayed just to drink it and walked on to my house where we arrived about eleven o'clock my wife and children and mrs williams were not gone to bed so we put him in the privy and told him to wait there for us williams went in and told them to go to bed and i stayed in the garden williams came out directly and we both walked out of the garden a little way to give time for the family getting to bed we returned in about ten minutes or a quarter of an hour and listened outside the window to ascertain whether the family were gone to bed all was quiet and we went then to the boy in the privy and took him into the house we lighted a candle and gave the boy some bread and cheese and after he had eaten we gave him a cup full of rum with about half a small phial of laudanum in it i had bought the rum that same evening at the three tons in smithfield and the laudanum also in small quantities at different shops there was no water or other liquid put in the cup with the rum and laudanum the boy drank the contents of the cup directly in two draughts and afterwards a little beer in about ten minutes he fell asleep on a chair on which he sat and i removed him from the chair to the floor and laid him on his side we then went out and left him there we had a quarter of gin and a pint of beer at the feathers near shoreditch church and then went home again having been away from the boy about twenty minutes we found him asleep as we had left him we took him directly asleep and insensible into the garden and tied a cord to his feet to enable us to put him up by and i then took him in my arms and let him slide from them headlong into the well in the garden whilst williams held the cord to prevent the body going altogether too low in the well he was nearly wholly in the water in the well his feet just above the surface williams fastened the other end of the cord round the paling to prevent the body getting beyond our reach the boy struggled a little with his arms and his legs in the water the water bubbled for a minute we waited till these symptoms were past and then went in and afterwards i think we went out 
and walked down Shoreditch to occupy the time, and in about three-quarters of an hour we returned and took him out of the well by pulling him by the cord attached to his feet. We undressed him in the paved yard, rolled his clothes up, and buried them where they were found by the witness who produced them. We carried the boy into the wash-house, laid him on the floor, and covered him over with a bag. We left him there and went and had some coffee in Old Street Road, and then, a little before two on the morning of Friday, went back to the house. We immediately doubled the body up and put it into a box, which we corded so that nobody might open it to see what was in it, and then went again and had some more coffee in the same place in Old Street Road, where we stayed a little while and then went home to bed, both in the same house and to our own beds as usual. We slept till about ten o'clock on Friday morning, when we got up, took breakfast together with the family, and then went both of us to Smithfield to the fortune of war. We had something to eat and drink there. In about half an hour, May came in. I knew May, but had not seen him for about a fortnight before. He had some rum with me at the bar, Williams remaining in the tap-room. Parenthesis, the condemned man then described the movements of himself and Williams and May during that day, in course of which they were principally occupied in visiting public houses, though they called upon two lecturers on anatomy and offered them the body, but were refused. And parenthesis. At the fortune of war we drank something again, and then about six o'clock we all three went in the chariot to Nova Scotia Gardens. We went into the wash-house, where I uncorded the trunk and showed May the body. He asked, How are the teeth? I said I had not looked at them. Williams went and fetched a broad awl from the house, and May took it and forced the teeth out. It is the constant practice to take the teeth out first, because if the body be lost, the teeth are saved. After the teeth were taken out, we put the body in a bag and took it to the chariot. May and I carried the body, and Williams got first into the coach, and then assisted in pulling the body in. Parenthesis. The rest of this part of the confession is simply a record of having something to drink and visiting lecturers who refused to purchase the body. It concludes with an account of the apprehension of the men at St. Bartholomew's Hospital with the body in their possession. End parenthesis. In an addition to this confession of the murder of the boy, Bishop made this further statement. Quote, I declare that this statement is all true and that it contains all the facts so far as I can recollect. May knew nothing of the murder, and I do not believe he suspected that I had got the body except in the usual way, and after the death of it. I always told him I got it from the ground, and he never knew to the contrary, until I confessed to Mr. Williams, a clergyman, since the trial. I have known May as a body-snatcher for four or five years, but I do not believe he ever obtained a body except in the common course of men in the calling, by stealing from the graves." I also confess that I and Williams were concerned in the murder of a female, whom I believe to have been since discovered as Fanny Pigburn, on or about the ninth of October last. I and Williams saw her sitting about eleven or twelve o'clock at night on the step of a door in Shoreditch near the church. She had a child four or five years old on her lap. I asked her why she was sitting there. She said she had no home to go to, for her landlord had turned her out into the street. I told her that she might go home with us and sit by the fire all night. She said she would go with us, and she walked with us to my house in Nova Scotia Gardens, carrying her child with her. 
when we got there we found the family abed and we took the woman in and lighted a fire by which we all sat down together i went out for beer and we all took beer and rum i had brought the rum from smithfield in my pocket and the woman and her child lay down on some dirty linen on the floor and i and williams went to bed about six o'clock next morning i and williams told her to go away and to meet us at the london apprentice in old street road at one o'clock this was before our families were up she met us again at one o'clock at the london apprentice without her child we gave her some halfpence and beer and desired her to meet us again at ten o'clock at night at the same place after this we bought rum and laudanum at different places and at ten o'clock we met the woman again at the london apprentice she had no child with her we drank three pints of beer between us and stayed there about an hour we would have stayed there longer but an old man came in whom the woman said she knew and she said she did not like him to see her there with anybody we therefore all went out it rained hard and we took shelter under a doorway in the hackney road for about an hour we then walked to nova scotia gardens and williams and i led her into number two an empty house adjoining my house we had no light williams stepped into the garden with the rum and laudanum which i had handed to him and there he mixed them together in a half-pint bottle and came into the house to me and the woman and gave her the bottle to drink she drank the whole at two or three draughts there was a quartern of rum and about half a phial of laudanum she sat down the step between two rooms in the house and went off to sleep in about ten minutes she was falling back i caught her to save her fall and she laid back on the floor then williams and i went to the public house got something to drink and in about half an hour came back to the woman we took her cloak off tied the cord to her feet carried her to the well in the garden and thrust her in it headlong she struggled very little afterwards and the water bubbled a little at the top we fastened the end to the palings to prevent her going down beyond our reach and left her and took a walk to shoreditch and back in about half hour we left the woman in the well for this length of time that the rum and laudanum might run out of the body at the mouth on our return we took her out of the well cut her clothes off put them down the privy of the empty house carried the body into the wash house of my own house where we doubled it up and put it into a hair box which we corded and left there we did not go to bed but went to shields a street porter's house in eagle street red line square and called him up this was between four and five o'clock in the morning we went with shields to a public house near the sessions house clerkenwell and had some gin and from thence to my house where we went in and stayed a little while to wait the change of the police i told shields he was to carry the trunk to st thomas's hospital he asked if there was a woman in the house who could walk alongside of him so that people might not take any notice williams called his wife up and asked her to walk with shields and to carry the hat-box which he gave her to carry there was nothing in it but it was tied up as if there were we then put the box with the body on shields head and went to the hospital shields and mrs williams walking on one side of the street and i and williams on the other at st thomas's hospital i saw mr south's footman and sent him upstairs to mr south to ask if he wanted a subject the footman brought me word that his master wanted one but could not give an answer till the next day as he had not time to look at it 
during this interview shields williams and his wife were waiting at the public house i then went alone to mr appleton at mr granger's anatomical theatre and agreed to sell it to him for eight guineas and afterwards i fetched it from st thomas's hospital and took it to mr appleton who paid me five pounds then and the rest on the following monday after receiving the five pounds i went to shields and williams and his wife at the public house when i paid shields ten shillings for his trouble and we then all went to the flower-pot in bishopgate where we had something to drink and then went home i never saw the woman's child after the first time before mentioned she said she had left the child with a person she had taken some of her things to before her landlord took her goods the woman murdered did not tell us her name she said her age was thirty-five i think and that her husband before he died was a cabinet-maker she was thin rather tall and very much marked with the smallpox i also confessed the murder of a boy who told us his name was cunningham it was a fortnight after the murder of the woman i and williams found him sleeping about eleven or twelve o'clock at night on friday the twenty first of october i think under the pig boards in the pig market in smithfield williams woke him and asked him to come along with him williams and the boy walked with williams and me to my house in nova scotia gardens we took him into my house and gave him some warm beer sweetened with sugar with rum and laudanum in it he drank two or three cups full and then fell asleep in a little chair belonging to one of my children we laid him on the floor and went out for a little while and got something to drink and then returned carried the boy to the well and threw him into it in the same way as we served the other boy and the woman he died instantly in the well and we left him there a little while to give time for the mixture we had given him to run out of the body we then took the boy from the well took off his clothes in the garden and buried them there the body we carried into the wash house and put it into the same box and left it there till the next evening when we got a porter to carry it with us to st bartholomew's hospital where i sold it to mr smith for eight guineas this boy was about ten or eleven years old said his mother lived in kent street and that he had not been home for a twelvemonth and better i solemnly declare that these were all the murders in which i have been concerned or that i know anything of that i and williams were alone concerned in these and that no other person whatever knew anything about either of them and that i do not know whether there are others who practice the same mode of obtaining bodies for sale i know nothing of any italian boy and was never concerned in or knew of the murder of such a boy until the transactions before set forth i never was concerned in obtaining a subject by the destruction of the living i have followed the course of obtaining a livelihood as a body-snatcher for twelve years and have obtained and sold i think from five hundred to one thousand bodies but i declare before god that they were all obtained after death and that with the above exceptions i am ignorant of any murder for that or any other purpose williams whose proper name was thomas head confirmed the confession given above as altogether true End of chapter 46